0: this opportunity one more time to welcome you to our service today. If this is your very first time at Grace, I want to especially welcome you and thank you for joining us this morning on Mother's Day. We appreciate you being with us this morning. If you are here for the first time, if you could take a moment and use your smartphone to go to uh, the QR code that is printed on the card in front of you, that will take you to a place where you can tell us a little bit about yourself, and you can also give us some contact information so we can follow up with you if you have any questions or comments about our ministry or anything we can help you with, we would love to be able to get to know you a little bit better and, and hear back from you um, through our website. If you have questions, you're a long-term member, you've been here for a while, and you have questions or an area of interest, you can use the same QR code and contact us And with any questions that you may have or opportunities of ministry you're looking for, and we will certainly follow up with you as well. Well, it is Mother's Day, and I got a little quiz for you this morning. Uh, Psalm 127, verse 3, this is not our text, we'll get to our te- text in just a moment, but it's on the screen behind me, and it says that children are a gift from the Lord, that the fruit, they are the fruit, let me read it correctly, the fruit of the womb, a reward, um, is from Psalm 127, 3. What comes to your mind when you see that verse of Scripture, that children are a gift from the Lord? I asked a few parents, a few moms in particular, the question, what comes to your mind, to your image, what image do you develop in your mind when you hear the verse of Scripture that says, children are a gift from God? I got some various answers, but the common theme was this could put it in one word, perfection. Let me ask you this, are kids a gift from God when their room doesn't look like that and said it looks like this one? Are they still a gift from God? How about when they look something like this little girl? Have you ever seen that face before? Children are a gift from God. True statement. But very often, when we think about the picture that children are a gift from God, we see cute babies like we saw this morning. But what we don't often think about is the messiness of parenting. We don't think about needy toddlers or moody adolescents or even adult children who are experiencing their own heartaches and their own challenges in life. It's interesting as you parent, the curious questions of why very quickly become the weighty questions of how. Parenting is not a sprint. We all know that. We understand that. It is a journey. It is a marathon. I came to this realization in preparing for Mother's Day this year. I was a lot better, I was a lot better of a parent before I had kids. The hypothetical children that I was raising in my imaginary world before we actually had kids was a whole lot easier. I was too busy criticizing parents who were rearing actual living, breathing children. I was too busy worrying about what kind of parent I would be, that I would be amazing and my kids would just think I was fantastic. Michelle and I made a lot of statements before we actually had kids that, by God's grace, I never actually said once we had them. Things like this, maybe you said this. If my kids want to eat sugary cereal at every single meal, they can do it. Or here was my favorite if they want to drop out of school after the second grade, who am I to tell them that they can't? You're not going to be that parent. So I thought about the challenges of parenting, and so I went to the well of motherly wisdom. It's always interesting when you're speaking on Mother's Day that I'm speaking from the perspective of a father, of a husband. But I can't speak to motherhood from the perspective of an actual mother. And so I went to the well of motherly wisdom. And I want to share some quotes with you that I found. One mom said this. She said, raising kids is like a walk in the park. Jurassic Park. (laughs) One mother quickly added this. She said, now I know why some animals eat their young. One daughter asked her mother one day, she said, Mom, what's it like having the greatest daughter in the world? The mom responded, and she said, I don't know, honey, you're going to have to ask Grandma. (laughs) Remember when you were first a parent, one mom said, and everything was so terrifying? Now your kid licks the grocery cart, and you hardly break a sweat. Another mom on the subject of licking things said, I never thought in my life that I would have to yell more than once, don't lick that. But I was wrong. Oh, how wrong I was. Where I stand right here, about this spot, when we first came to Grace Baptist Church, our youngest son licked the floor right there at a Kids for Truth program. I know what that mom feels like. Yes, Jordan gave me permission to humiliate him. There was a legal question that maybe some of our lawyers can answer for us. One mom asked this, she said, is there any way to file a temporary restraining order against a toddler? Just like 24 hours, two days tops. I'm asking for a friend, of course. One mom said, sure, sometimes I question my parenting, but to be honest, sometimes I question my child's childing. I like that one. One mom added, I love when the kids tell me they're bored as if the lady standing in front of a sink full of dirty dishes has any idea how to have a good time anymore. One mom said, I'm working on being organized, not like alphabetized, the pantry organized, just like stop buying the gift on the way to the party and wrapping it in the car organized. One mom said, so encouraging, she said, don't be too hard on yourself, moms. The mother in E.T. had an alien living in her house for days and never noticed. Somewhere along the way, one mom said, I became a person who answers yes to the question, can I stick my dirty tissue in your pocket? One mom wisely said, if you want a clean home, relaxing weekends, and long romantic meals, then parenthood isn't for you. One mom answered, she said, you can have eight hours of sleep or you can have children, but you cannot in fact have both. Here's a recipe for you to try. One mom said, "Recipe, Her personal recipe for iced coffee. Have kids, make coffee, forget you made coffee, drink it cold. Two more. One mom said, Some days I amaze myself. Other days I put my keys in the refrigerator. Last one. Some days I spend significant time in silent prayer and meditation. Other days I cry and yell a lot. Life is all about balance. Oh, no, it is. As I read those quotes, they're funny, they're cute, they're from real moms, by the way. And I thought of this statement that I heard the days of parenting are long, but the years are so short. We go from buying Cheerios by the case to buying band instruments and sporting equipment to braces to cars. You go from diapers to baby clothes to big people clothes to graduation gowns to wedding gowns. The days are long, but the years are so short. All of us have parents. Some of us know our parents better than others. We all have different home experiences. We all have different stories to tell. But the reality is, as we think about Mother's Day, we are reminded, at least I am, of the importance of God's design in moms and dads getting married and having children and raising them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, even when it's not easy, even when it's not always fun, even when it seems like the stacks of laundry on the screen behind me never go away. Children are still a gift from God. We're also reminded that there are no perfect families presented in the Bible. In fact, each family that we see represented in the pages of Scripture remind us profoundly of the imperfections of every family that has ever been pictured throughout God's Word. Even David, who we have been studying together, a man after God's own heart. Think about it for a moment. He excelled in his career. He was a great king, a great military leader. He was a man of compassion. He showed tremendous care and compassion to a man like Mephibosheth, who we studied last week. But David failed as a father, he failed as a parent, he failed as a husband. He was far from perfect just like the rest of our parents. Because of the fall, there are no perfect parents. Because of the fall, the idea of the home has been distorted. And I want to point this out. We are celebrating Mother's Day, not Pregnant Person Day. It is Mother's Day. Jesus himself had a human mother while he never had a human father. For 40 weeks, Mary like all other mothers, had the unique responsibility and the unique relationship with Jesus as she carried him in her womb. Something that Joseph or no other man could have and never will enjoy. Think about it. The Son of God, the Lamb of God, who is coming to take away the sins of the world, had a human mother. Even our Savior When he took on the form of a human, rested in the care and in the love and in the protection of his mother. In fact, in Luke chapter 1, verses 41 and 42, Elizabeth, upon greeting Mary, she said this, she said, blessed are you, Mary, among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. In that same text, same passage, John the Baptist in reference to that in chapter 1 of Luke verse 80, it says that John continued to grow as the child grew and became strong in the spirit. We are reminded in the life of Christ, we are reminded in the life of John the Baptist that they had mothers that loved them, that carried them, that nurtured them, that protected them, and they supported them as they grew. Children are supposed to grow up. It's God's design. But in the daily struggle of parenting, it may seem like they will never grow up. But in reality, they grow up too fast. The days are long, but the years are short. Brings me to this question that I want to consider with you this morning. It's found in Proverbs 23. We're going to be reading a few verses from this text. How do we as children... How do we respond to our parents? How do we respond in particular to our mothers? How do we live as children? Every one of us, again, regardless of of your background, we all have a mother and a father, someone who brought us, humanly speaking, into this world. How do we relate to them? Well, Proverbs 23, verses 22 down through verse 25, give us some instruction. We're going to look at this really as children, as people who have mothers, who have fathers. Verse 23 of chapter 23, but truth, by truth, excuse me, let me go back to 22, listen to your fathers who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. By truth and do not sell it. By wisdom, instruction, and understanding, the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. How do we as children treat our parents? How do we respond to them as imperfect as they are? Well, Solomon gives us some instruction. Number one, verse 22, he tells us that we are to, first of all, honor our, our parents. Here in this text, it says to listen to your father. There are two commandments that are given in Scripture to children. One, children are commanded to obey their parents. We are also told, we are commanded, even in the earliest pages of Scripture, that we are to honor our father and mother. That as children, I'm speaking as an adult child. I'm speaking as an adult child who's, my mother passed away a few years ago. But I'm speaking as an adult child. And I am still called, I am still commanded to honor my parents. To honor my mother and my father. Here, as the proverb tells us, Speaking to children, he says that you are to listen to your parents, you are to listen to your father, you are to listen to your mother. It's kind of a statement that perhaps doesn't need to be made, it states the obvious, but every one of us is the result of a physical union between a mother and a father, And the parents that God has given to us, whoever they may be, they were within God's sovereign design for your life and for mine. We can't choose our parents. I didn't choose my mother and father. You didn't choose your mother and father. But regardless of who our parents are, we are called to honor them. We are called to obey them. The proverb here makes a couple of interesting statements. He says, first of all, that you are to listen, in verse 22, you are to listen to your father. He is the one who gave you life. Now, we're not going to get into the biology of having children this morning, that would be inappropriate for a setting such as this, but you are to honor and obey, listen to your father, the one who gave you life. And then verse 25, that you are to let your mother and father be glad. Let her, your mother, who bore you, not bore you to tears, bore you as in carried you in her womb for nine months and nurtured you and protected you and loved you, let her rejoice. there is joy in motherhood, joy in parenthood. And he says that we are not to then treat them as as worthless. We are to let them rejoice. Do not despise them. Do not reject them. Verse 22, it says at the end of verse 22, do not despise your mother when she is old. Do not reject them. Do not uh, treat them as, as worthless. So, to parents this morning, to moms in particular, but to dads as well, I want to say that parenting is the greatest and most important honor that any of us could ever ask for. Psalm 127 3 is true. Behold, the children that God gives us are gifts from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward to us. Children are not a curse to bear, they are a reward to celebrate. They are a gift from Almighty God. Now, to children, I want to say this to all of us, that as we are all here today because of our parents, Exodus 20, verse 12, which I alluded to very early on in the Ten Commandments, you are to honor your father and mother. That is something that we never outgrow. We never outgrow showing honor to our parents. I won't go into much detail with this illustration, but a number of years ago, many, many years ago now, I had a lady come see me, and her father was, was dying. And to be blunt, this man was not a good man. Nobody is perfect. I understand that. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This man had a long list of egregious things that he had done in his life. And this lady asked me, she said, Pastor, what am I supposed to do with him? He's dying. He can't feed himself. He can't do anything for himself. What am I supposed to do? Honor your father and mother, care for him. But you don't know what he did when I was a kid. I get that. Honor your father and mother. And she did. And when he died, I remember her saying, I did the right thing. He wasn't a lovable man. I never met him, but from what I heard, he wasn't even a likable man. And yet, God said, honor your father and mother. Do not despise, the proverb says, do not despise your mother when she is old, when she can no longer care for herself. Honoring your parents means to consider them as weighty or worthy. Why? Because they're our parents. Our parents do not have to earn our respect or beg for it. We owe our respect to our parents through the commandments of Scripture. The burden of showing respect is not on our parents. It is on us. Even if you truly believe in your heart of hearts that your parents really don't know anything... You are to honor and respect them. Even if your parents are less than ideal, as we all are, you are called to honor them. Show them respect, to listen to them, to honor them. Second, I want you to see in verse 23 that we also do respond to our parents through receiving their instruction. Now, admittedly, and I'll explain this in a moment, that changes as we get older, I understand that, but I want you to notice what he says in verse 23, buy truth and do not sell it by wisdom, instruction, and understanding. That the way of blessing in this life is through buying, acquiring truth. He even states the negative, don't sell it, don't get rid of it. What are we supposed to buy? By the way, the word wisdom here means shrewdness in a positive sense. That wisdom leads to skillful living. That we are to purchase this wisdom. We are also to purchase instruction from our parents. That, by the way, means discipline, chastening, or correction. That we are to allow our parents to instruct us. And then he says that we are to buy understanding. The word means discernment that we are willing to give up comfort, we are willing to give up time in order to receive this kind of instruction, this kind of input from our parents. Now, admittedly, as we, as we age, as we get older, when we have little kids, and we are parenting small children, and you're focusing on what we call, it as our little world, first-time obedience, that you obey right away, you obey without questioning, you do what mom or dad has asked you to do, that you are to receive that instruction and you are supposed to do it immediately. You're supposed to obey right away. Now, my dad, I am who's home watching online today, he, pro- he might now that I've said this, probably won't call me today and give me a commandment to tell me this afternoon to go out and take the trash. Take the trash out today. He won't call me and tell me that. He might now because I said that. But my father doesn't have that kind of, if I could say it this way, authority over my life today because I am an adult. He doesn't give me that kind of instruction anymore. But I am still required to honor him as my father. For me, I for me, every time we are in the face of making a major decision, we are always going to ask my dad and my wife's father for input, give me instruction what am I not seeing? Where am I wrong? Where might this go bad? What advice would you have if you were in this situation? What would you do? Showing honor to our parents by receiving their instruction and receiving their input into our lives. I know that when kids are young, and I know our younger kids are not in here this morning, but when our younger children are young and we understand that they don't want to be they don't want to be instructed all the time. They don't always want to obey, and it becomes so frustrating. Let me encourage us as parents, that as we are parenting in that age, that we are bringing children along, not so they just do what mommy and daddy says, but teaching them to honor us and to be a part, an integral part of their, of their lives. Proverbs eight eleven reminds us that wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Proverbs 16, 16 says, how much better to get wisdom than gold. And We are to be instilling that wisdom into our children, teaching them, instructing them. By the way, before we move further, this is assuming that as parents, we are offering instruction. We are giving teaching. We are showing them the truths of Scripture. Not only are they supposed to respond in honor and obedience, we are supposed to be teaching Now, I don't have time this morning to go into what follows after this, after these few verses that we have read today, but I do want to highlight to you two very specific areas of instruction that is followed up beginning in verse 26 um, down through verse 28. The proverb now moves into giving instruction when it comes to adultery and sexuality, and he talks about giving instruction to his son to be careful with how he handles himself sexually and how he behaves himself in a way that stays away from the temptation of adultery. And then, interestingly enough, in verse 29 through 35, he gives instruction concerning drunkenness and being out of control with alcohol and being consumed with alcohol and what it does to your life and how it destroys you and it takes away the joys of your life. And so Solomon here follows up this instruction on listen to your parents. He's writing to a son, right? And then he gives specific areas of instruction that as our parents age, presumably, they are growing in wisdom. Job 12, 12 says, wisdom is with the age and understanding in the length the length of days. In other words, as parents age, as parents experience life, as they gain wisdom, it is valuable to our children. I don't know about you, but I hope, I pray, that my kids learn from my successes. But probably like you, I think my kids learn more from my failures. But they're both instructive here's how you live here's how you don't live this is what we have learned by the way our hopefully our kids are at some point get this as you age and experience comes your way you should be able to give wisdom to people that are under your care and then finally number three please your parents Look at verse 24 and 25. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. Now this makes another assumption. This assumes that as a child that you care to make your parents happy. That you want to see them rejoicing. Parents rejoice over the righteous conduct of their children. I I can only speak for me, and I think I can speak for my wife. Nothing as a parent makes me happier than seeing my children obeying God. We have never, in fact, Jonathan and I were talking about this at the wedding. My niece got married yesterday. We were at her wedding yesterday. And we were talking with um, the pastor who did the, the ceremony after the service and he asked Jonathan what he was doing, and Jonathan was telling him that, you know, he works at Costco, and, and the pastor said, well, you know, you didn't go to college, and Jonathan said, wow, well, I've never really had any interest in college, and to that which, when Jonathan said, I'd rather get a job, I'm not really interested in going away to college, Michelle and I said together, praise God, praise the Lord, save me a bunch of money. No, that's not what we said. <laughs> if that. If that is not what God has for your life, who am I to make you do that? I don't care. That doesn't, that's not on my ranking list of my kid better go to this college and my kid better get this degree and my kid better do this. And this comes from a mom and a dad, both of which have doctorate degrees. But you know what? What matters to me more is that he lives right that he lives in accordance to what scripture says. And that my kids will take the instruction, the successes, and the failures of growing up in our house, and they will see God for who God is. And that someday the greatest joy as a parent is to look at your children and say, they're living for the Lord. I don't know about you, but my list includes nothing else. Nothing else. Please, God, obey God and do what you want. Do what will bring desire, the desires of your heart that will bring glory to God in your life. Go do that, whatever that is, and please and honor and obey God in the process. And you know what? As my children do it, my wife and I are rejoicing. Perfectly, nope, they're sinners too. But I sure pray And I think you as parents pray along with me that our kids learn to obey God, not you. Obey and honor God primarily. So I know the kids are gone, but I want to say this. If there's any children here, we're all children. But to young children, honor your mom and dad's rules without complaint. Honor your parents' requests without complaint. Honor your parents' authority without complaint. By the way, honoring your parents, especially as we get older, it doesn't mean that you always agree with your parents. Our, Our kids, we have all kinds of debates and discussions in our house. I hope you do as well. I'm not interested in my kids agreeing with me on peripheral matters that in light of eternity don't mean anything. I'm not interested in that. I'm not going to lose my kids arguing over some peripheral matter. I'm not going to do that. By the way, as Christians, we ought to learn the art of disagreeing without being disagreeable. Because this is an art church that we are losing and we're losing it fast. That if you want to lose your testimony, disagree with somebody and be disagreeable about it. And they will shut you off. And they should. There's a way to have a discussion and a debate and an argument. And the argument and not in an ugly way. A discussion, a debate without being mean and ugly. I pray that as my kids get older, we, again, not to be redundant, but we talk about all kinds of topics. And there are things that my kids say, and I'm like, I don't agree with that. But it's not a matter of heaven and hell. Honor your children by not arguing with them. Honoring your parents doesn't mean that you make the same decision, I said this one already, on life applications. It doesn't mean that you live near them. Now, my wife and I have struggled with this for a long time. We've been married a long time. We've never lived near our parents, never. We've never known what it's like to have grandparents cross the street. We've never known what it's like to have grandparents to go to their home on Sunday. We've never, we have never experienced that before. So it doesn't mean that you live near them, but here's what honoring your parents, regardless of your age, does mean. One, it it means you respect their position, their God-given position of authority over you. Honor them, respect them. Number two, thank them rather than blaming them. In our culture of first-world problems, we can quickly blame our parents for all kinds of things. Man, our air conditioner when I was a kid was a little hole we drilled in the side of the wall and stuck an AC unit in the thing. That was our air conditioning. Central air, who knew that existed? Man, I had a rough life, you know? Thank your children, or thank your parents rather than blaming them. Care for them. Support them. Here's the last one, not the last one, but one two more. Spend time with them. As I mentioned, our mobile culture has changed parent-child relationships profoundly. We see our parents maybe once a year, maybe two. two. We don't live in the same town as our parents, and that's hard. But a mobile culture has changed parent-child relationships, and yet even living apart, you can still show them honor and love and appreciation. Our technology culture has also changed parenting. I won't get on my soapbox. I do have soapboxes. This happens to be one of them. But how many conversations have been robbed through the usage of technology? I I remember as a kid, again, I suffered as a child. The dishwasher was me. We thought people were rich if they had a dishwasher thing that you put dishes in and put the little stuff in and hit the button. And like that was like, what is that? I didn't know what that was. Cable television, what is that? But you know what I remember about growing up as a kid, washing dishes? I remember two people standing at the sink, and it went something like this, you wash, I'll dry. And you stood there. This is shocking. Are you ready? You One person used water and soap and a rag and washed the other person dried them with a towel, and the whole time, guess what was happening? Conversation. Talking. Today, we put the button in and we just, yep, nope, doing dishes. All by myself. Doing laundry. Flip, flip, flip. Technology has pulled us away rather than connecting us More. With the creation of earbuds, individual devices, conversation in our culture has greatly decreased. Technology was supposed to give us all this extra time to be together when in fact it is pulling families apart. And so I challenge us as parents, I challenge us as children that if we are to buy the truth and not sell the truth, but by wisdom and instruction and understanding, and that we are to teach and instruct our children, and our children are supposed to listen and to honor us, we ought to talk to them. Wouldn't that be great? There ought to be ongoing conversation of teaching and instructing and debating and discussion and investing into the lives of our children. And then finally, I leave you with this, imitate your parents as they imitate Christ. There is no perfect parent, but as they are parenting you, follow the godly example. Thank your parents for the godly example that they were to you. I read an article this week entitled 2022's Top Mother's Day Gifts. So I thought, man, this will give me some help to buy my wife something for Mother's Day. I didn't get her any of of these things, by the way. But here was the list. Radiant tulips. Not just tulips. Radiant ones. By God's grace, I'm allergic to those battery pack for your iPhone, smart photo frame, Rachel Ray cookware. By the way, it has to be Rachel Rachel Ray. No other cookware set will do. Portable speaker. I want that for Father's Day, by the way. That would be great. (laughs) Portable speaker. Number six on the list was elegant orchids. Again, they have to be elegant, not just regular orchids. By God's grace, I'm allergic to those two. Apple Television. Sounds expensive to me. Watercolor House Portrait, whatever that is. Robovac. I think we have one of those. Again, that way you can, you know, do this while you, you know, sweep the floor, I guess. Instant Pot was number 10. Here's my response to that list. Flowers die. Electronics break. Kitchenware ages, meals are consumed. But you know what? Nothing will make your parents happier and bring more joy to the heart of your mom and dad than living a life of wisdom and righteousness. Honor your parents. Regardless of your age, bring joy to their hearts. Not only will you bring your parents joy and produce a reason to rejoice in their own lives, you will also, more importantly, most importantly, you will be living in obedience to your heavenly Father. Mother's Day is a great day to stop and to thank our mothers and to rejoice in the in the parents that God has given to us. It's a time to thank my wife for the hours that she spends mothering our children. She's not thanked enough. I understand that. Most mothers go hours and days feeling overwhelmed by the responsibilities of being a mom. We ought to praise them. We ought to thank them. We ought to set a day aside and remember our mothers. But let's use this as an opportunity to draw our attention to what's most essential. God said, honor your father and mother. You're commanded to do it. So while we may bring rejoicing and joy to our human parents through our obedience to them and to the Lord, ultimately, we honor our mom and dad. We obey our mom and dad because God commanded us to. So ultimately, the person we're pleasing is God himself. Honor your mom today. Rejoice in your parents. And while you do that, you'll bring joy to your Heavenly Father as well. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for the opportunity to share this text today. God, I pray that as we think through parenting in this culture, it's, it's, it's a daunting task. It always has been. But it certainly is a unique time of challenge. And so, Lord, I pray for us as parents that we would continue to remain faithful as we parent our children and raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And God, I pray for our young people. They truly face a culture that is against them in so many ways. And so, God, I pray that you would work in the hearts of kids that are either here in, our, in this room or maybe.